Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Train a Happy podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week's episode is going to be the last one before we take a break in August and um, we're going to have a little summer holidays so we'll be back in September and in fact it's going to be September the 6th to be precise so uh, the first Monday in September we will be back so I just wanted to get that out the way but I'm so excited to bring you the last episode of this summer with the lovely Anoni Borbat. Now, Anoni and I have known each other for a long time. We both have been fitness influencers, and obviously that's still kind of partly what I do. Um, but Anoni has really kind of transformed her career and is currently pursuing comedy, and it's just so cool to see how she has progressed and developed and evolved. And so I really wanted to chat with her about that on the podcast. Um, and about her own relationship with exercise and food and her body and how kind of growing up through her 20s and everything that has just really developed and grown and why that has changed and so I really hope you enjoy hearing from Ononi today. Of course before we get into that it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So this week's train happy moment comes from listener Devon. And Devon says, I've been focusing on intuitive movement and found that I've gravitated towards strength training. I also play a recreational field hockey league twice a week. This may sound train unhappy at first, but when I started playing hockey again this summer, I felt a little discouraged because my cardio capacity for 50 minutes of field hockey was not where it used to be. But, back to the train happy. I went hiking today and the trail required some rock scrambles. At the bottom I remember feeling nervous, but I did it. I made it to the top and I felt so strong, able to balance and able to support myself climbing and it just felt so empowering. I just feel so much stronger and feel really happy that this feeling is a result of listening to my body and how it chooses to move. Bodies are so freaking cool. Devon, I love this. And I think, especially after the year we've just had, it can be really easy to to think, oh, why is my cardio capacity not where it was? Why are my fitness levels not where they were? But at the same time, um, you know, things take time and I'm so... I hope you're going to be so kind and compassionate to yourself and celebrate the other victories and the other wins like your hike, which I have to say, I went on a a big hike in the Lake District here in the UK last summer and was also like you, like not necessarily at my fittest at the time, but getting to the top, it was hard work, but wow, what a feeling, what a feeling. You literally feel on top of the world mentally and physically. So thank you so much for sharing your train happy moment. You can find Devon on our Instagram. You can get to know her a bit better. Um, She'll be featured as train happy trooper of the week. We're bringing it to the Instagram grid. So make sure you go find us at train happy podcast to get to know Devon a little bit better. Um, I wanted to just get to know you a bit more and so I thought this was a lovely opportunity to hear from the listeners, find a bit, find out you know a bit more about you and your stories and what you're learning and getting from this podcast. So if you would like to be featured as Train Happy Trooper of the Week, then you can send us a direct message on our Instagram account at Train Happy Podcast and just say, hey, I want to be Train Happy Trooper of the Week and we will get back to you. Or you can email us 
trainhappypodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get into this week's chat with the lovely Unoni Forbat. Welcome, Anoni, to the podcast. I'm so pleased and having one. I've actually wanted to have you as a guest for so long, and we finally made it happen. Um, how are you? First of all, thanks so much for having me on. It's really fun being on the other end of the podcast because I'm taking a break from mine at the minute, so it's nice to be mm. back in the room, as it were. Um, I'm good. I'm glad that the sun is shining. Summer isn't really summering at the minute, so that's been sad. Um, and I guess more deeply, I'm in a bit of like a flux moment in my life with my career. But I just feel like it's everything feels very changing at the minute for me. So you're coming at me and I'm in a bit of a moment of transition, I guess. Oh, I love that. Well, well, that was what I wanted to say to you, because I know that we're definitely going to talk about your experiences with fitness and social media and all of that. But right now you're doing comedy as like one of your main sort of things. And I'm just curious how you kind of went from being like fitness influencer to do to like more lifestyle stuff to going into comedy. I just, I love that. I love that career path for you. So how did that kind of come about? Comedy for me has actually always been something, I've always been obsessed with comedy comedians. I've loved it as like a thing, but I never really knew that it was something I could do. So it's always been something that I would have aimed for, but it felt to me like too out of the sphere of like things that I could reach. And then I made friends with Grace Campbell. She came on my podcast and she was doing like a show in November, 2019. And she was like, oh my God, why don't you just do five minutes? Your first like five minutes set. I was like, I can't do that. And so I did that and I was like, this is amazing. Um, I loved it. It actually went really well which was like the biggest confidence boost. So I don't think anyone does their first comedy show and feels like it goes well. And then I was like, right, I'm going to start doing this. Then we went into a pandemic. So I literally couldn't do any more gigs. And then somehow throughout the last like 14, 15 months, I've managed to do a few gigs, lots of shows with Grace. And then I'm doing my first own, my own first stand-up show next a week today, actually, um, which would be amazing. But I find it funny because I was thinking about this, how you're saying, how have you gone from like fitness influence to what you're doing? But if you think about you, me, Alice Living, trying to think who else but so many people have like a drama arts dance background that go into fitness and that go into like especially fitness influencing so I actually think it sounds funny on the surface but it's kind of quite a neat segue for I bet there's so many people that do what we do who actually come from like a drama or theatrics or stage-based background because it's kind of like having a stage and it's kind of like performing so it, I think it, it, it sounds more weird than it is I kind of think it sort of makes sense in a way yeah, it is so interesting how there are so many performers or people who have been to drama school or, you know, studied theatre in some way and done that kind of thing. And it's like ended up being part of their career. And I wonder, I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but I wonder if it's partly because I was very much taught, like, the reason I got into fitness is because I wanted to be fit for my job. But I was also told that like my body was my CV. And so I really heavily linked you know, what I look like to being successful. And I wonder if performers are attracted to fitness stuff because they feel like it's a very subjective world. You're really at the mercy of people's opinions and whether they like you or not. Um, there's not much objectivity in performing, um, which is something I always really struggled with. Um, but the one thing you can control is, or you think you can control when you're early in your 20s, um, is your appearance, apparently. And so often people like get into fitness with that mindset. What do you think? Does that resonate with you or am I completely barking up palm tree? No, do you know what? Somewhere on a subliminal level, I think that makes loads of sense. I think if you're someone that's on the stage or is attracted to performance or even feels like you're a bit of like, I'm not sure if it's not the right word, but I'm always kind of like on quite a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. You probably do feel like you're being watched. And so on a subliminal level, you probably are maybe more conscious of what you look like than maybe someone who never really entertains or isn't really fussed about how they look. Mm. My definite driver was always men. It was like I had a bad breakup and then I thought that I would get like a revenge body. But I guess I'd always had a bad relationship with my body and always wanted to be very, very lean or slim or whatever the terminology was at the time. But I definitely think I, I'm sure that there is also that element of knowing that being watched. Like I could definitely think back to doing plays. Even now if I'm filming stuff, I think, oh, I don't want to film it because then you've got to like kind of think about what you look like and that annoys me which is why I love doing podcasts I know we're filming this but one of the things I loved about that 
when I started my podcast, I was still a fitness influencer and I was like, God, it's so refreshing to do something when no one can see me because I just felt like I was being constantly watched. And even though maybe that's what attracted me at the beginning, it's definitely something that I, it like kind of puts me off now. I actually, yeah, I don't know. I'm less inclined to want to feel objectified in that way. Whereas I think I, I wanted that validation from my looks before. Oh, I think so. And now many, I, yeah, I think so many people want that validation that, that you look good and like, wow, yeah. the fire emoji, you know, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> let's talk about like your fitness days. So like I said, you're doing kind of going down the comedy route now. You still have a presence on social media, um, but you kind of came online, um, not as Unoni, but as, oh, I've got to get this right now. Um, tap one tip my tongue. Yeah. The tiny tag. The tiny the tag. Tiny Thank you. I mean, it was actually my ex, he said it to me in the gym. I remember I think I squatted like 100 kilos and he was like, you're such a tiny tank. And before that, I wasn't called the tiny tank. I was called like healthy, happy, no knee or something. And then before that, it was like fitness fallback, but my account was private. So I'd had lots of iterations of like fitness names. Um, but I think the tiny tank is when it kind of took off. And it was when I was living in Cardiff and I basically, what, what happened was I, as I said, had a bad breakup, decided to get a personal trainer. And in, I think at the time, anyway, it was around 2015, bodybuilding was coming over from the US and it was huge. Everyone was following like Paige Hathaway. And I can't, I honestly can't remember everyone's names, but I would be like obsessed with these women who looked like Greek goddesses, but, but incredible. And so I um, ended up training basically to do a bikini competition without really realizing the trainer that I'd hired kind of did that and I ended up getting so slim so quickly that he was like oh you should do one and in Cardiff it was such a big thing and so when my account started to grow I was absolutely minuscule like I don't even know how I got that tiny and that's um it's funny because someone said this actually was at a comedy gig the other night and I was doing the gig and they were like how did your account grow like what were you doing and I was like it was literally the thing that made it grow was that and this kind of validated all the things we spoke about before was the minute I got to this absolutely tiny, tiny place, people started paying attention to me. People were asking questions, people were interested in what I'm doing. I literally got like eyeballs on me by virtue of the fact that I'd lost like however many kilos. And so that just kind of, at that point in time, just proved to me, oh yeah, all along, all it was, is you just got to be thin and then everything will be like figured out, which is really sad, but I guess it's still kind of true in our world now. You do get obviously like thin privilege and whatever. Um, but I've forgotten if I, does that answer the does that answer the question? No, I think it has. And yeah, I think it's that time. And I kind of came to fitness like maybe a couple of years before that. And it was so much about, yeah, training to get this like bodybuilder body when it was like glutes and having visible six pack abs. And that was like so important. Um, and if you did have those things, then you would get a lot of traction online because that's what people were in the fitness space were looking for. There was no, there was no body diversity. There was, it was very much like this one, this one shape was, was the kind of body standard in fitness for women specifically. And that was very much that bikini competitor look. And from there, um, that seemed to be what everyone was striving for. And I think that influences why now so many people and I think it's lovely now, maybe it's me coming up my echo chamber of thinking, wow, there's so much more to fitness than what we initially thought. But I think part of that is, and we, a lot of us have that narrow view because of what we followed and found online when we searched hashtag fits, fitness, hashtag fitspo, hashtag whatever it was, no days off or whatever. Yeah. Well, it, it's other interesting, you know, funny enough for me, in some ways, it was also quite like, enlightening in that I'd never been that stick thin like Kate Moss kind of figure and I'd always been quite athletic so seeing women that were like some of them obviously were tiny but lots of them weren't skinny they were just really really strong in that sense I was like oh that's a beauty ideal that I can strive to like my body I could tell that my body could do that because I'd always been quite muscular and like ch not chunky is not the right word but I'm trying to think it's like just I've never been that like Bambi stick thin girl which is what everyone kind of used to aspire to with like Effie from Skins and like heroin chic and Kate Moss so when I first started out in fitness it was like very exciting to see to me at that point in time that was like a different body ideal obviously now I think oh my god that's just the same thing but with muscles on it but back then to me because we just had nothing. It literally just was like, either you were really skinny or you were getting shamed on the front, like closer and okay, and all those awful magazines. Um, 
so it's, it's funny how much things change as you get older but I remember at the time thinking wow these women look amazing and they're like they've got legs as opposed to like being like with a thigh gap or whatever so yeah it's funny looking back it is so with the body standard that we did have and like that real lack of kind of diversity one thing I really wanted to chat to you about today specifically is kind of how that that kind of change in focus of like trying to achieve that certain body ideal and how the whole mindset around fitness and what it's about and what those body ideals mean have changed so much through your 20s because how old were you when you first started your account um I think I was literally just 20 because I remember having my 21st birthday straight after I'd finished like a six-week program with a PT so yeah, I would have been 20, which is, when I look back, I remember thinking that was so old, but now I'm like, oh my God, I was a literal baby. I feel like so many people get into fitness early in their 20s, at like that really young age, because it is a really vulnerable time in your life for being easily influenced around, you know, discovering fitness and um, just going with what anyone tells you to do, rather than trusting yourself to make any judgments around that. And I mean, it sounds like you from having a PT and then kind of going on social media. Do you do you feel that you were heavily influenced at that time in terms of how you choose to exercise, what you were eating, the kind of goals you had? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, it just kind of like reshaped because I think, um, as I said earlier, like from such a young age, I had so many external influences trying to dictate to me like what my body should look like. And I actually had no information about how to get there. So I was doing all these stupid diets, like the cabbage soup diet. And I remember once my friend found out, we saw the advert for Rivita and it was like, Rivita's really healthy. So we ate like five packets of Rivita thinking that would make us lose weight because we'd read it was like, all blueberries were superfoods. So we'd eat like thousands of them because we just had no basic understanding of sort of like anything to do with nutrition. And so going onto social media and then what I thought was like amazing because you're harnessing all this information, you're learning about macros, learning about fitness. It felt very empowering at the time. But the problem being that it just gave you the tools to do something which was still quite destructive. So it's it's funny because I think everyone does need to have that like kind of base level understanding of exercise, of nutrients and how they work. Um, but in the world that we live in, we're always, most young women, especially I think, will always use those tools to kind of like self-flagellate and to lose weight. And because I guess none of us exist in a vacuum, it's really hard to imagine like, I, do, I can't really imagine how I could have got to where I am without having gone through that. Because mm -hmm. I think every single person that I know, and it's so obvious with like our generation of people online as well, there's very, very few people that were fitness influencers that when we were that haven't sort of let go a little bit and been like, Do you know, what? I, I don't really train seven days a week anymore. And I would never, you know, diet and I don't track calories. I can't. I, there's no one that I follow anyway that still does all those things that were so normal when we did them. Um, and I don't know if that's just a rite of passage for everyone or if it's a generational thing where everyone's sort of grown out of it. Um, but definitely being online and, you know, having that access to fitness did change probably how I did things, the way I trained things. But there was kind of like good and bad parts to it because I do, I do think learning about food, even though I probably used it in the wrong way because I had like bad body image anyway. So I kind of abused that knowledge, I guess. Um, it's still really helpful now as I'm older, like I've, I never track anything and I'm not restricted with my food, but it's still really helpful, I think, to understand like, that I do need to be eating lots of leafy greens and it's great for me to get some carbs in and it's helpful. So it was a, it was a messy journey, um, but I did pick up some tools along the way. Again, I feel like I've gone around the houses. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. And I think it's interesting that you said like so many people of our kind of generation of fitness influencers um, have kind of grown up. And I, I speak about this like a lot on this podcast and I do think a lot of it is to do with Firstly, as you kind of grow up through your 20s, you just really start to know yourself, be confident around your choices. You learn so much more about the world. And I think you start going like, oh, hang on a second. That I'm not necessarily going to blindly follow that advice because that might not actually be the best thing for me to do. Um, and I, part of it is that maturity. It's, like, it's just growing into yourself and who you are. And then I also think that's kind of, especially for like our generation that's really coincided with kind of for me it feels like this epiphany of like oh there's this thing called diet culture and actually it's telling us that we need to train a certain way to look a certain way and 
um, that we were all completely blind to that term, even, you know, maybe, you know, three or four years ago, like no one really talked about it. I know for me, it felt like groundbreaking to discuss. And yeah, I just, what are your, what, what has kind of been your experience? Like when you found out about diet culture, was it like a bit of a revelation? Were you kind of like, oh, this makes so much sense? I can actually remember the most specific thing. So I did a post. It would have been when I first moved to London about four years ago. And it was like a picture of food. I can remember it so clearly. And I wrote how, I think it was maybe at the time when the very first cancer research obesity um, campaign came out. And everyone was kind of talking about why that was problematic. And I was sl- slowly, my attitude towards fitness was already changing. But I wrote a whole post like, how do we talk about, you know, like people who are overweight then? without using I was like genuinely I was asking a question I used to all these debate things I never really do on Instagram anymore but I used to do it and it was really good and hundreds of people would reply and I was like what how I don't understand like how are we going to talk about this so obviously if we're in the fitness industry we've got to talk about weight loss it's like part and part of what fitness is like how do we talk about getting around to healthy weight and one of my followers vegan inspo daily who I'm um, quite good friends with now. She commented something basically explaining to me about how like you don't have to be thin and that, like it's it's buying into diet culture basically. And she basically commented talking about like how having an access to like, first of all, like healthy foods or nutritious foods or like whatever was a privilege in of itself. And I'd never really come across privilege from that angle. And then she was talking about sort of like the health at every size kind of message about like what not everyone has to be thin. And it was literally like, I can't remember what her comment was, but I know that it was her that commented. And I know that from that moment forward, my whole attitude sort of towards fitness, health, exercise and weight completely changed because it was just the way she phrased it was so like open-minded. It wasn't like scathing. It was just like, just FYI, have you ever thought about, you know, like food means this to different people? And it's just like my brain kind of, went oh my god I've just been it was like sort of like the curtains came up and I was allowed to see behind the scenes and I realized that diet culture buying into that is just one of the options of like the things that you subscribe to it's not like the overarching ideology that everyone has to believe in and then from then on I started to sort of I guess unpick my own relationship with like body image weight food and began to see it as more politicized and like much broader than the very small scale conversations I'd be having on Instagram about, you know, like, oh my God, how you can like lose water retention or get like 4% less body fat or like things which are so peripheral and also just so insignificant. And now I, I don't even know what my body fat percentage is. Um, and I guess that kind of, um, I was trying to say radicalized me. It didn't radicalize me, but it made me more fascinated by public health and food and society and and tuned into that side of me which is very different from the the side that I was before so yeah probably about four or five years ago was like my initial awakening I always think of you as a really like socially conscious person I think you're always trying to become more aware of like how society's operating and your role within it and I think that kind of diet culture is a piece of a greater puzzle when you're thinking about your own feminism and thinking about these different structures that are in place in society that are trying to control women and hold people back. Um, And so I'm really curious how that, and and do you feel that kind of your, your kind of willingness to go deeper on the issues, to learn more about them. I mean, your podcast in itself is kind of tackling these issues, um, or has been anyway, about, you know, trying to get to the heart of, of different issues and understand different people's perspectives and society. Do you feel that that was probably a big reason why maybe you were open-minded to going, oh yeah, okay, tell me more about diet culture. Like, I'd never considered this before. I think... <sighs> I don't know it's a good question I think I've always been quite curious and interested in things I think that what happened with I think I would have been open-minded to that but with fitness it almost narrowed my mind because there's so much ego involved in being like a fitness influencer when you're very lean because you have to be so self-interested for the first place to get that small because you have to spend so many hours in the gym you have to miss so many things so everything is very self-centric I don't think it necessarily means you're selfish because it's normally for quite like a sad reason it's normally because you feel insecure whatever but but it means that everything in your world becomes very small because everything comes down to like am I lean enough today every morning when you wake up that's kind of your thing and by the time I moved to London 
I think I'd already start oh I just I've had a broken leg as well so I hadn't been able to train and then the world was opening up to me and that like I'd finished university and moved to London and I suddenly my world just expanded physically and mentally in lots of different ways and I stopped being quite so fascinated with being lean I kind of managed to get over that almost like lifelong goal because I got there and got over it and so yeah I think I suddenly became receptive to thinking what is this conversation beyond me and I guess even now to this day I I don't ever really post like things in the gym because I just think fundamentally it's annoying because how because of how I look naturally even if I'm not like training the way that I do I still occupy this kind of look and and physique and whatever and every time I try to talk about something to do the gym I just don't think people find it helpful so it's really interesting I just there's certain things that you have to like relinquish when you when you realize like what but I mean that gets a muddy conversation because so many things I I feel nervous to talk about now but um yeah I think that doing the podcast and kind of just changing tack in my career because at that point as well I was kind of fed up with being pigeonholed as a fitness influencer I kind of hated that that was how I was referred to because I was like I'm actually got way many more things like more strings for my bow and I'm interested in loads more things than just fitness I didn't really mean to become a fitness influencer it just kind of happened and so doing the podcast was me actively trying to break away from that and then with that sort of like momentum I guess I did start to learn more and then that kind of also does undo that that sense of ego as well because you the minute whatever you feed grows and it's such a trite thing to say but it's true like if you start being interested in the world around you you do start to feel less self like less insecure and less self-conscious because you're sort of not feeding that part of yourself that's always worrying about you you're thinking more about like oh why does that happen or who's doing what and I think that that's really healthy although obviously you have to have some ego generally but I mean I feel like we all have a certain degree of ego to be online it comes with the territory. I, I know I probably yeah. do have an ego, like I do. Um, and I think it's so interesting what you were saying about how fitness is, can be so self-centric. And I think that's a really nice way to put it rather than immediately go selfish. I mean, because I know that for me, it's like when you're so focused on what you look like and you're so worried about your body, you really, and you're so micromanaging your food and micromanaging your exercise schedule and you know everything revolves around that you can't um you can't think about anything else and that's such a great great point once you really let go of being obsessed with what you look like and controlling your body you're able to kind of empathize more with people but also on that note, I now don't want it to sound like I'm being like oh my god anyone who's into fitness is self-absorbed so I don't think that's true at all and I think the sad point is that especially talking on the empathy point like we've all been taught to be so hepped up in the way that we look and that your value my value literally did go up when I lost weight that's not like I I wouldn't be here doing this podcast getting into comedy have like the audience that I do had I not lost weight and that's such an awful thing to say but it's just the truth so um by no means I mean it as a judgment and it also I can only speak from lived experience it's just when I was in that position looking back I realized how devastatingly sad it was that literally all I could think about because when I was so hungry was just like how thin am I or like how lean am I and are my abs still showing like that's just not how you should be living your life and I I don't want it to sound like I'm being like oh my god anyone who's into fitness is self-obsessed because I'm still really into fitness but I think there's a certain level especially if you're competing where it is like you are that is your world there is nothing else apart from like what you look like and and I don't think that's ever healthy to be on either ex- ex- like extreme of the scale. So, yeah, I don't want to sound judgy. I didn't mean like that. I don't think it sounds judgy. I think it's accurate, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's accurate. And I know that, like, fitness is my job. I do so much, you know, that is my, it is my living and what I talk about and do and everything. And, yeah, I can do it without feeling so self-centric. Like, I, I don't... I don't think you, I don't think exercise and selfishness are ex- mutually exclusive. I do think it's really about the way you approach it and the mindset you have around what you're doing. And I think it's really interesting how diet culture, because, you know, one of the ways diet culture really holds people back is they're keeping people, they like literally physically occupying a massive portion of your brain so that you can't think about these other issues, that you can't have the headspace to, um, you know, discuss like 
the topics we need to be discussing, whether it's talking about, um, you know, racism. I think that's been a massive topic this week here in the UK. Um, talking about like gender inequality, talking about poverty. You're not like thinking about those things when you're worried about your like, when you're next going to have your chicken, rice and green bean meal. Like that's, you know, those, those things yeah. aren't necessarily like, well, I guess you're, you're not worried about them if you're not impacted by them and you're worried yeah. about your, obviously yeah. someone who's yeah impacted by any sort of marginalization. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, if you're if you're privileged and you're and you're focusing on your weight, yeah, then it can be very easy to like block out that noise. Um, but no, but that's definitely something that I used to, I've said it a few times. But like when I was at school, I would just wake up in the morning, my first thought would be like criticizing myself, and I couldn't really if I didn't feel good in myself, I wouldn't I wouldn't really be able to do anything. Like I, w- I would go to school, but I would just be constantly thinking, oh my god, I'm fat, I feel ugly, I feel fat, and it wouldn't even like probably missed like years of my life just being completely obsessed with my body image which is so sad looking back and I I do think like children growing up now I mean I know this I, I think maybe that is just like you said earlier about the echo chamber thing maybe that's just of who I follow on the internet and the body diversity that I see and the kind of conversation that I have with my friends I'm sure there's massive huge waves of the population that um even more impacted than I was growing up um but I like to imagine that you know lots of young people are growing up now and not feeling like that at school because that was just the norm that was every single girl and probably a lot of the boys as well when I was at school do you feel that since you've kind of moved away from that as like fitness being your identity that it has kind of opened you up more to achieving that potential that you have like do you think if you were still in that mindset of like I must be lean I must be lean I must be lean you would be pursuing things like comedy and you know about to do your first one woman show well well even just like the practicality of it I mean I know everything's not revolved about around drinking but when I do a comedy show more often than not it's really late at night you end up getting quite drunk you stay out late you probably <laughs> have a when you get home it's not conducive to being like super fit a, like, a it, fit fitness guru <laughs> yeah and I think that would have absolutely terrified me when I was like there's when like Grace and I were doing our shows we did a run of shows um it, like before Christmas and all I would eat for like t- two weeks basically just have McDonald's like most nights because we'd get in so late and I'd be absolutely starving because I don't tend to eat right before a show because I feel too sick and too nervous and then we go out drinking and then I get in and I'd be like so hungry so I just order shit tons of McDonald's have like a banquet 3am by myself and that was all I ate for like a month and I loved it and I'm but if you told me to do that I don't know five years ago I'd be like no I'd rather just not try and do comedy because I can't it's just it's your life is so much less flexible I think when you're focused on being like tiny all the time so I mean I'm sure I could have done it in a different way but even now I some obviously like everyone has wobbles and sometimes Matt's just walk past and I'll say to Matt like oh I feel like I'm just like not like I look back on pictures it's the worst thing to do you look back at pictures when you're thinner Matt was like, literally our whole relationship is based on like going for dinners. All we do is talk about the restaurant that we want to go to. And we love wine, which is like not the healthiest thing to drink or most nutritious or whatever. And he was like, our relationship wouldn't exist if, if you were that thin. Because what would we do? Nothing. Like, would, like it's, we're really like, food, as cringe as it is, it's like a massive hobby of ours is eating and cooking and drinking wine. And that all of those things bring me joy. And we're trying to learn loads about wine and like go on these like wine tasting holidays and I would never have done that years ago because I would have been too terrified of like how much weight I would gain. And so I have to think about every time, which obviously happens, I think more in the summer, you suddenly think, oh God, this used to fit or that used to fit. And then I think, but what was I doing? Nothing. I literally used to do nothing. I would just take pictures in my room. In my bikini. Literally, literally. And I don't know if you've had like similar conversations with Matt, but I certainly have them conversations with, um, you know my partner Jack that like there were times when he you know he was like it was really hard being your boyfriend when you were dieting like it was so hard and I had no energy I had no libido I was just literally that like it was just like eat sleep gym work and then I'd be so tired and exhausted at the end of the day I just fall straight asleep because I had no energy to socialize never went out never did anything that was like you know, have to be in control of things at all times. And the freedom and spontaneity that comes and like the more life you're able to live when you're not 
constantly in fear of like, oh my goodness, if I do this, my body's going to change. That is the freedom that you want to aim for. But also the freedom of, so like, I've, like most people probably, my body's changed loads in the pandemic because you haven't been able to train and you haven't been able to, like, well, I've shit at training from home, so I just didn't really train. And then you're eating whatever and it's fine. Normally I would, that would have been something in my brain where I'd want to almost tell everyone. That's the first time I said it out loud, so I don't think it's relevant. But I'm saying it now because when I was, I saw my girlfriends, we went to Scotland for my friend's birthday. We were eating loads of food and everyone's kind of talking about how they gain weight. And I was like, we've just been in a pandemic. It's like, if we can't get a bit fatter now, what is the point? (laughs) Why does it matter? Like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, I would like, would you want to go back into basically putting yourself into that sort of like self-created prison of not being able to do anything after being in like a literal worldwide pandemic all for the sake of what not being as thin or whatever and that's such a freedom to me to not feel like I have to tell people which is such a weird thing to say but years ago like in any sort of way I'd almost want to say it I'd be like oh I've gained a bit of weight it's just not matter I don't care it's like people's bodies change all the time and like it's up and down like both ways but that was so freeing to me to realize that it's not like oh I'm a bit fatter um because there's a pandemic and that'll change it's just like oh maybe you're just a bit fatter full stop there's no like there's no need and to, also to, like like I don't know what happened I'm not saying this very well no I get it there's no need to justify it and there's no and need to and I think you can be neutral about it and be like yeah yeah, I've objectively have gained weight. Like I have, like I've had to go up a dress size, like a dress size and, you know, buy new jeans, buy new underwear, buy new everything. Um, because none of my clothes fit me from last year. And it's not me saying I I I feel very neutrally about that now. And it's just an objective fact of like, yeah, I had to buy some new jeans or whatever. Um it's not and I think because we've learned that we are told anyway that weight gain is always bad always a negative thing always should be something we're apologizing for always something we should be justifying and that actually it's quite powerful to be like I have gained weight full stop nothing no justification no end of sentence yeah and I've never ever done that I haven't to be honest I haven't even said it to anyone but it, it, I, I, I wish I hadn't said it. I'm trying to think about I saw someone saying the other day and I was like, that's exactly how I feel. It's just so funny. I like, sometimes my natural inclination on Instagram always used to be like, oh, I'm going to be like, oh, I've got this goal. I'm going to do this. Or like my body's changed or like wanted to point something out or be like, oh, um, I don't know. I can't think. And now it's exactly that neutrality. I just arrive at things and that's just what I look like. And it's just, that's the end of the story. There's no sort of like caveating or explanation or, because I was like, why do we do that? That's so weird. I've never looked at, also like the weight that we gain probably to other people is like so not noticeable. But even if it is noticeable, I've never looked at my friend and thought, oh my God, she's like a size bigger than last time I saw her. You just don't think anything of it, do you? But when it's you, you want to like, I always used to want to explain away or like tell people. And the pandemic for me has been, weirdly well I found it like obviously probably everyone one of the hardest mental health things but like I've been in therapy and as one of like just a general thing which has been amazing so working my mental health has probably been like the overarching thing I've done over the last 14 months but also like not having access to a gym and having only food to focus on for fun because that's literally all Matt and I did in the first lockdown we just had pasta and wine like every night we're like we love pasta love wine we'll just do that that's fun it just completely took away any sense of like trying to control my environment because I couldn't I couldn't go to the gym I couldn't control what I was exercising I couldn't really control my eating because if I did that I'd be bored out of my mind and it's completely I could now like take it or leave it when it comes to going to the gym I could I might I don't think I would ever ever binge again ever because I've just my attitude towards food is so like whatever and that's probably one of the most amazing things come out of the pandemic for me because I've never had I've never had that before where I couldn't really control anything um so that's been weirdly restorative for me whereas I know that other people gone the other way and and were exercising 50 times more because they're working from home and and maybe got more addicted so it's kind of had different impacts on everyone but for me it was kind of like I really just had to let go and go okay this is out of my hands now whatever happens like not my fault sort of thing that's so interesting to hear because I think you're so right people have had maybe like people have kind of gone one or two ways either gone I'm just embracing like things are out of my control right now and I I'm just sort of dealing with that and that's okay 
and you know trying to do other things and then I think there are people who are going things are out of my control I know what I can control to make you know to soothe myself and to concentrate on something I can control exercise I can control food I can control these things so these are things I must do um which is a really normal response and I know that like eating disorders have sadly thrived during this period of time because mm. we're also emotionally vulnerable and it has been a very traumatic time and so a trauma response is to is to go back to that control and and those those behaviors those disordered behaviors and so I imagine it's been a mixed bag for a lot of people but it is kind of nice to hear that it's helped you kind of get like get better with your relationship with food and better with your relationship with your body yeah I mean I think at the beginning I'm trying to remember now because I feel like in the very first lockdown maybe I did get a bit worried about which I hadn't done for years either, but probably about control about over and like had a funny relationship. And then it's gone on for so long. I now like couldn't, I've, I never used to be like this. So like I would, I'm sure we've spoken about this years and years ago when we did a podcast together, but my thing was I used to binge and purge. Um, I don't know if I need to say the trigger warning. I'm sure you said at the beginning, but so that was like how I used to control my food. And I used to be really bad at having like, I don't know, I couldn't just have a donut and then not eat for the rest of the day. And now I like my attitude. I don't even think about it. It just wouldn't even cross my mind to be fussed about whatever I eat. It's just like, oh, that's what I ate today. And then the next day I might eat the same or different or whatever. And that has just come from without realizing. I don't know. I don't really know why that's happened. But I do think every now and then I think, oh my God, this is amazing. Like if Matt and I just go and get cannoli and then we go and eat something else and we eat and I've just got, I just go to bed and there's no sort of like, just always feeling neutral, I guess, about what I've eaten. I do every now and think, oh my God, well done. That's so amazing because years ago, I would have like either panicked and tried to starve myself or binge eaten or thought about when can I next go to the gym? I can't even remember what I eat anymore, which is amazing because also before I'd be like cataloging everything, like when should I have that? And then, yeah, so that's really nice. It is really nice. And I feel the same as you, like to not, yeah, to, to just go with the flow of life and you know whatever's in the fridge or whatever <laughs> it's just so nice and to be able to go out for spontaneous yeah. meals and I don't know just be like no big deal is so um liberating in the sense that like you do get that time and energy back and you do get you know because you're you're too busy doing other things and you know priorities massively change and I think that is such an upside to that kind of finding that neutrality with food and just trusting yourself around food I think it's so so important um I know we've kind of spoken but do you do you think there are any specific things that you have done or someone has said or that you've kind of taken on board that has really helped your relationship with food and your body and exercise such a good question I think I think one of the things I hope happens with everyone is that like depending on how old you obviously I definitely think there's something between from the ages of 20 to 27 now you definitely do just start to give less of a shit I think when you're like in your between 20 and 25 maybe you're so ripe for feeling like needing to look amazing and then I think you do just everything you start to give a bit of a less of a shit like as you move towards 30 so I think time is amazing just in general and I'm sure by the time I'm 60 I'll be feeling even better which is <laughs> exciting to think about um but I guess it's getting I've I feel like I don't have to say this well I feel like what changed for me was that whenever so whenever something goes wrong or whenever I feel upset it's normally the first thing I attack is my body so say like if Matt and I had an argument my probably immediate reaction will to be feel, feel insecure myself or if my work's not going well, that does happen. So what I've realized is to not focus on what I look like. But if I'm always trying to keep, it's, you can never keep all your ducks in a row, but if I'm trying to like make sure I'm seeing my friends and my social life's good and I'm on top of my work and I'm trying to keep my relationship with Matt good and I'm moving when I can, then generally I don't really care what I look like. But the minute that I, something kind of goes a bit wrong or like, I can't even think of an example, but if I'm unhappy in other things, normally that's when I'll start to be like attacking my body. It's like a, almost like a weird response. So I feel like the less, the more that you look externally for things that make you feel happier, the less you care about what you look like. I really don't think about my body in the same way anymore because I don't place my value on it. I think about like what makes me happy and it's seeing my friends 
and often that involves like getting chips in the pub and having spontaneous drinks and then maybe not going to the gym the next day because I'm hungover and all of those things add up to my happy life whereas if I was focusing on my body I wouldn't be able to have the chips in the pub I wouldn't be able to be hungover to have to go to the gym the next day and then I'm just sad all the time so I think it's learning that like your body is kind of I'm trying to think about how to, I think it's just not focusing on it it's like even just not having to post pictures of myself in the gym or like filming myself in the gym I think made everything so much worse I know that you still like film and stuff but for me it really took away my enjoyment of exercise because what I do when I'm in the gym is I completely zone out and if I'm annoyed at something I train heavier and if I'm stressed then I like the gym for me is really like mental therapy like I got so much from it um and it's never really about my body it's about like getting emotions out getting stress out like physically dealing with things that are going on so with the filming in the gym thing as well that's essentially just objectifying yourself in the gym because it's making you self-objectify because you're constantly thinking what do I look like when I'm doing this exercise oh is that what I look like you know and having to watch it back and everything so even if you didn't want to consciously self-objectify then it's like you kind of have to because you have to like look at yourself through that lens whereas if you're just being present in that moment literally just doing your workout for you it means you're not doing it for any other external validation it's just yours and yours alone and it comes from that internal motivation that you kind of spoke about of like stress relief and um kind of like channeling whatever energy it is you have through your movement it's so interesting that taking that self-objectification thing out of the equation has meant that you've enjoyed yourself more oh yeah massively it's been it's really funny actually because I sometimes wonder if people think I don't go to the gym where it's like to be fair actually my routine in the last like few months has been awful since things have opened up I've been not really training but I love going to the gym and like when I'm in a good routine if I could I would go like four or five times a week because I really need it. it like I can't tell you how amazing exercising makes me feel whether that's running yoga whatever it is um but for me I've had to like learn that I need to keep that to myself because it's so sacred and weirdly I could never make a career out of it because it just it took something away from me that I can't I can't explain it's really funny and I kind of am annoyed like I wish I could have done that but like I I couldn't separate it I couldn't figure out how to yeah, it's definitely that self-objectifying thing and feeling watched. And um, and it's funny because what happens online, and especially because I do fit this certain look, because I still do have abs and I still am quite like lean for all intents and purposes, even like when I've gained weight. I'm not, that's just how my body kind of holds fat. So it's funny that even if I try to talk about exercise in the way we're doing now, it just doesn't work online because of how I look. So I just kind of don't because I don't know how to explain it. It's like, people because it's like an image-based platform because of how I look no matter really what I say I just don't think it works so I just had to realize that you know exercising is for me and I can talk about it like in this way but it doesn't that platform and how I look and everything it just doesn't really work it because it I just don't think people believe me like I did the, I did a post about how I've got really good at not exercising the pandemic and everyone was kind of like annoyed at me because they were like you look how and I understand that and it's it's partly projection and I understand that I fit an ideal and things um but people felt like I was being disingenuous because I still looked a certain way and that's and I was trying to explain that that's still time exercise into your body then because you're like you can't like recognize I don't know I'm gonna gonna get myself in knots no I Um, I totally get you and I think it's really a difficult conversation to have when your body holds a lot of privilege and like you said like you have been privileged you have what people think is a fit body like a fit you know fitness body yeah it's kind of like your natural shape at the moment and that's kind of where your body naturally is without you consciously you know trying to do anything you know you are just living your life and you have you know a lean stomach right and so it feels hard and I had a friend recently where she had done some stuff around body image and her body even though she's gone through hell and back with her body, she still fits a massive body standard. And so it's very, and I, and I totally get why it's hard for people to hear it and have that conversation with someone who you look at and think, how on earth could they ever think X, Y, Z about their body? Like they look, they look like all the people I've been trying to aspire to look like. 
But at the same time, I think everyone has their own truth. Everyone has their own experiences. You know your relationship with what it was like. And of course, it's going to change. And you know how you know how much kind of healthier you are in terms of your mental health and your physical health, you know, having, you know, really healed your relationship with food and your body as you've spoken about. And that being able to exercise and not exercise as well is huge. And mm. I completely appreciate that as a massive win on your own journey. And you're right, like, but sometimes, I don't know, social media is a funny place because I, I think it's really important to acknowledge our privileges and, and say that. But I also think your page should be a place where you can share your experiences um, and not everyone's going to resonate with it because, you know, and, and it, but like you said, but it, it, this is a really like sensitive issue. Mm. And yeah, I, I, I have a huge sympathy for your kind of feeling like you can't discuss these things, but I also totally understand why, you know? Totally. And also, I don't, it's not like I don't definitely don't want sympathy. It's more like I've just realized that actually my voice, it doesn't, it's more like it's just not kind of relevant, really. Yeah. What, what the fitness, and the one thing I find funny is that it's like because I don't talk about going to the gym, that people then might think, oh, I don't go to the gym. And there's a really funny thing, and it happens all across social media with putting people into boxes. But there's something about fitness where either you're like into fitness, you're a fitness influencer, or you're, or you're not. And it's almost as though people think, unless you're a fitness influencer, other people don't like. I don't know. There's something really odd about people thinking that if you're into fitness, that's your whole personality. Whereas I know like pretty much everyone I know exercises, but it's not like the main thing you talk about. And there's a really weird thing where we want to like, it just, it makes fitness exclusive in that way. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, Oh, you can only be someone that goes to the gym. If it's like, you look like this, you talk about it all the time. And it's like, I have so many people, my dad exercises every morning and he he does his weird little like car phrases in the shower with like a band and like exercise is so part of his life but it's not like I don't know he wouldn't even think about it, it was any, he's just like oh I have to do some exercise it's not really for any real reason other than he thinks it's good for him because his attitude's like so far removed I guess from our like the way that we look at it I don't know I'm, I'm being so ineloquent today I just I find I find it I find it a weird space yeah I guess talking about fitness online but I want I do want to talk about it sometimes but then I think at the moment when everything is so heightened and also everything fabulously has become quite like academic and everyone's quite like educated around different things that you can't we can't talk about things in such a flippant way anymore you do have to be very deliberate and know what you're saying and so sometimes I think I've just learned oh I'll just step back from that then until we've figured it all out I guess because at the minute it feels like if you say something um it just might be unhelpful and so it's kind of pointless I do think that's really important as well like going okay I see that like I hold privilege in this area and part of that is going like okay maybe people don't need to hear from me on this specific issue like I don't have to give commentary on every aspect of my life I don't have to share in that way and I think when people this is a whole other conversation which we don't have time for today but when people talk about like body positivity for example and the this this discussion around but the people taking up the most space in body positivity are those who are thin and white and able-bodied that yeah maybe it's not to say that there isn't a place for talking about those experiences if you are you know if you are thin white and able-bodied um but is it always, like, is it adding value? You know, like having that honest reflection, being like, do I need to share this? Um, and I, I think that's actually quite a mature response because we're in a social media age where we feel like we have to share everything sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I also think, like, well, I had a kind of realisation, I remember thinking this, where, so, for example, when we first, when everyone first started kind of talking about showing your flaws more, and when Instagram reality like first started, and people would maybe post a picture, and I used to do this and be like, "Look, I've got bra, bra fat, but it's fine," or whatever. I've got back fat, or whatever, and point out, or look, I've got cellulite, and that is actually really limiting because the best thing to do is just not talk about it. But what we did for years and years, years, we go, oh, "Look, I've got cellulite, but that's fine." It's like, well, it's obviously not fine because we're all like having to point it out. And so I've learned it is often 
in what you don't say rather than what in you do you do say because we especially like Instagram reality often is doing that exact thing where it's going like look this exists sometimes but I'm actually perfect the rest of the time or like I know I've got cellulite and like the most powerful things are when and it never happens when women's bodies just aren't in the conversation but what it's so hard on social media because it's always an image image based thing so even if you're not talking about your body which is what I try to do with fitness my body exists so it is brought into the conversation and I think I spoke about this with Shona years ago I remember we walked we went on like a five-hour walk we, I, I was in Australia and I met up with her and we literally just spoke for hours about how no matter which way you turn whether you're talking about body positivity or like health and fitness or whatever the conversation is still fundamentally just talking about women talking about whether they're fat talking about whether they're thin talking about whether they say like whether they don't if they've got abs like whatever side of the coin you're on whether you're telling women to diet you're telling them to not diet fundamentally we're just still talking about women's bodies and it's like inescapable and I, I can't think and maybe it is because it's like an image sharing platform but it's really 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 hard to to take that out of the conversation whereas men can talk about fitness quite well and it literally just be about fitness like you men can have a conversation about the stamina of those football players and the way they move on the field and the, whatever and probably not even think about whether or not they've got big legs or abs and I just I uh, that's where I think we need to get to where it's like I just think so many people do it so well but I think our natural inclination is to always then whatever the conversation is to then feed in that person's body the woman's body into that conversation it's that that's where I get like I think until we're at the place where we can completely emancipate the two I'm just like okay I'll wait for now I think that's very fair and I completely agree that you're right. It's really hard to just get beyond just showing up as you are and not feeling like there's any need for explanation. And like, as we said before, it's like being able to say like, I gained weight full stop. Or like, yeah, talk about whatever you're talking about, no mention of whatever. Um, it's like, you know, for example, like Adele posted a picture about, I can't remember what it was about. It was like some, I don't know whether it was about like Beyonce or something. She was talking about something in her life and because she showed up in a smaller body like everyone just started talking about her weight it was something she never mentioned never spoken about the post was not about that it was about I think it was her birthday or something like that but it was the whole all the articles that came off the back of that and everyone's discussion around it was her weight when she never brought that up so why are we talking about it yeah you know it was just yeah right I'm conscious of time so I want to finish um today's chat with you um, by asking what has been your most recent train happy moment so this is a moment where you've been listening to your body you've had a win against diet culture you've been kind of trusting yourself what has that been for you it's you know so funny it was literally yesterday I was having like a really stressful day and also I was at our gym you have to book slots because of the pandemic and I always miss the early slots I had like the, I went at lunch which I never do I, I like going in the morning and I was like really stressed out and I was just worried about work. Just everything was kind of going wrong. You know, have one of those days where you're just doubting everything. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be asked to go to the gym, but I'm going to go. And then I put the Olivia Rodrigo album on. Have you listened to her? I'm like obsessed. She's a queen. She is a queen. She's the best. And I literally lifted heavier than I'd done in months. And I was like angry. Like I was like, I was probably grunting. I was like doing hip dust and I was so annoyed. And I came out of the gym and I was like a born again woman. I felt amazing. And it was <laughs> It was so funny because I was like, I could have not gone, which I often do if I can't be asked, but I was like, maybe it'll make me feel better. And I felt I was going to feel so weak. And it was like, physically, I guess it's what people get up, like boxing and stuff. I've never really boxed, but it was that. It was like, I felt so strong. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was listening to this album and I was just like, oh my God. And I came out and I was like, oh, I feel so good. And it was literally about like feeling strong, getting through something difficult, pushing myself. And then it kind of, that, that physically translates, I guess, into your mind going, like, I can get through this. And then today I woke up feeling fine. So that was amazing. That was my train happy. That is just, I love it. Spot on. And exactly that. Like, for me as well, sometimes I think exercise is always about, like, getting the resilience to then go and do the difficult thing. It's yeah. not necessarily, like, you know, dealing with the difficult thing. But it's like, right, if I can just do this and just kind of, work through this physical aspect that I can get my head around the mental stuff yeah and but also sometimes like sometimes you have so much like pent-up energy that like, you feel like anxious you're feeling nervous you're getting stressed mm. sometimes you just have to like exercise it out it's like an animal yeah. like a dog you know when they get like really antsy and aggy you take them for a walk and they're so chill it's like we need to move I think we forget yeah. that sometimes like sometimes I feel really tired and I go for a walk and I'm like oh it's my body's just like can we move <laughs> can we go yeah, do something yeah, yeah. please 
especially yeah. can we get outside after yes. like the year we've had totally. oh this has been such a pleasure and I know we could chat for another probably like three episodes on all various issues and topics and things but um it's been really really lovely to chat where can people find you go to one of your comedy shows where can they kind of keep up with you so I'm at Anoni on Instagram which is O-E-N-O-N-E I think um Anoni for that on Twitter but I don't really tweet anything and then my show next Wednesday is unfortunately sold out but hopefully if you follow me on Instagram I'll be announcing more things that I'm doing and if you haven't listened to my podcast there's over 100 episodes it's called adulting with my name I will link all of those below for everyone to um find you but thank you so much and that is it for this week's episode of the train happy podcast thank you so much for listening I hope you took something away from this episode and if you did please let me know by sending feedback you can find us on instagram at train happy podcast Or even better, it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening as it really, really helps to support and boost the train happy message. And remember, if you have had a recent moment where this stuff has just started clicking for you, then share your story with us via email trainhappypodcast at gmail.com to become the train happy trooper of the week and if you have a burning question you would like me to answer then please send those in too and it may be answered in our bonus q a episodes once again thank you for listening and i will speak to you soon hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.